What joy. According to ancient Greek mythology, Pandora was the first woman on earth. Zeus ordered Hephaestus to create her, and he did so using water and earth. All of the gods were pleased with this new creation. Athena clothed Pandora, Aphrodite gave her beauty, Apollo gave her musical ability, and Hermes gave her speech. Pandora was capable in every way. She was smart and talented and beautiful. She was kind and generous and loving. And she was also curious, very curious. For many days, she walked the earth, bringing joy to all who met her. One day, Pandora received the news that Zeus had promised her hand in marriage to Epimetheus, She did not know that Zeus was plotting vengeance on Epimetheus' brother, Prometheus, for stealing fire from Zeus and giving it to humankind. As a wedding gift to Epimetheus and Pandora, Zeus sent a large, ornate chest with a locking lid. The chest was beautiful and heavy. It was elaborately carved, and it had ironwork on it. And it came with instructions that it should never be opened under any circumstance. Zeus gave Epimetheus the key and told him never to use it. Because Epimetheus decided to keep the chest in the bedroom he shared with Pandora, night after night she went to sleep with it in sight, and morning after morning she woke to see first thing this box Every day she was curious about it, but Epimetheus carried the key with him wherever he went. One night, Epimetheus forgot to secure the key before going to sleep, and curious Pandora saw her chance to just take a peek inside. Just a quick peek. No one would know. A quick opening and closing of the lid. So she took the key and quietly unlocked the chest. With great anticipation, she opened the lid and looked in. In an instant, she was horror-struck with what she saw. Rushing at her on vicious wings were all of the evils of the world. Greed and malice flew in her face. Rage and hatred screeched in her ears. Cunning and deceit clawed at her clothing, and murder pecked at her eyes. Until this moment, no one on earth had died. As death flew out of the box in an icy rush. Pandora knew her curiosity had changed the world forever. Just as quickly as she had opened the chest, Pandora slammed the lid down again, but it was too late. 
wickedness flew around the bedroom and then out of a window and into the world. Zeus's revenge on humankind was complete. Pandora fell to the floor, sobbing at what she had done. On November 8th, America opened a Pandora's box of its own making. Stay with me, folks. <laughs> On election day, our country went to the polls, and many millions of us unlocked the lock on pent-up power, whether you voted for the president-elect or not. It is clear to me that he was the key that fit the lock on this particular Pandora's box. His ability to speak without regard for others made him the right key to fit the lock. His enormous ego and outrageous actions made him the right key. His utter disregard for women, people of color, and non-Christians made him the right key. But it is important for us not to mistake the key for the contents of the box. Yes, the president-elect will have a tough time running our country, but the dissatisfaction he tapped into and released has been around for a long, long time. Many of us would say that it has been around for as long as there have been white men in the Western Hemisphere. Unlike the chest in our ancient Greek myth, America's Pandora's box gets opened and shut over and over again, from generation to generation, its contents speak directly to who we are as a people and why it is so very hard for us to come together. Do not think for one moment that the president-elect identifies with the people who voted for him. He does not. He is a rich, straight, white man of no discernible faith, but those who voted for him clearly see him as the key that will unlock a better life for themselves and for their children. Now, I don't know what your Facebook feed is like, but sometimes mine is downright strange. You see, I have lots of colleagues who are leading liberal Unitarian Universalist congregations. I've got college friends from my days at Montana State University. I've got gay friends from my activist days in Portland, Oregon. And then I have my family. Leading up to the election, most of my Facebook feed was optimistic about America's future. Many friends joined me in being excited about electing the first woman president of the United States. Many of us appreciate our current president and did not want to see his gains lost. And then there was my family, <laughs> especially my youngest brother. Every day leading up to the election, I was treated to the latest memes from the other side. My brother would forward two or three things a day that maligned the Democratic nominee. Things I would never condone, 
showed up in my Facebook feed each day amid the rest of the optimism. And after considering unfriending my brother, <laughs> I decided to look at what he was forwarding, if only to feel more smug in my own optimism. Because the hard truth is that I love my brother, even if I didn't like his Facebook posts. My brother genuinely struggles in his life. As an interstate truck driver, he works really hard to bring home enough money to support his wife and their four children. Theirs is a family that lives on very little and is proud not to take government help. My brother believes that he is being overtaxed and underrepresented, uh, underrepresented by Washington. He believes people of other races and religions are working the system. His fundamentalist Christian values tell him men and women are not equals, and nor should they be. He believes that people like you and me will take away his guns, take away his livelihood, and take away his children. He has been waiting, waiting, feeling locked in the bottom of a dark box for many years, waiting for the key that would set him free. So how do I talk to my brother? The truth is, I don't. I listen. I listen knowing he is in pain. I listen knowing that the world seems threatening to him. I listen knowing the system favors people like me over people like him most of the time. I'm not going to change my brother's mind, and he's not going to change mine. But if I can really see his pain, I can step back from vilifying his actions. We may be enemies at the ballot box and in the halls of government and in the streets of protest for a long time to come. But I still love my brother, even while I work for equality and diversity and religious freedom. My brother thinks he now has a champion, and I can be for him, there for him when that champion inevitably lets him down. Because the system that favors people like me will not favor people like my brother, no matter who is in the White House. And this is where Unitarian Universalists must do some soul-searching in these days after the election. Very little will change in a system that works quite well for most of us. The question will be, are we willing to give up some of our privilege to help those who have been left behind on both sides of the political spectrum? Can we see beyond our own rank and station to the pain of those in our country? In a place like the Boston suburbs, it's easy to forget what gets stuffed into Pandora's box over and over again until it gets opened. Our country really needs to break down the false dichotomy that pits rural against urban, white against black and brown, poor against rich. 
these divisions most certainly exist. In fact, electoral districts are drawn to emphasize them. And often these divisions determine the conditions of our fellow citizens for generations. My own parents raised five children in poverty. My brother is raising four children in poverty. Some or all of his children will raise their children in poverty. The suffering of America is quite real. And the saddest part is that the poor white people, poor brown and black people, and the most recent immigrants of whatever religion have more in common with each other than our electoral map would ever show us. We Americans are kept apart by a 400-year-old system that keeps the wealthy in power and everyone else fighting for the crumbs. It was a cry against that system that flew out of the ballot box on Tuesday night, a cry you and I might struggle to hear or understand. Among those most upset by the results of the presidential election that I've talked to, the main emotion has been fear. Fear for the future of our country, fear for people of color, fear for women, fear for Muslims and Jews, fear for sexual minorities, fear of violent retaliation on both sides, fear for the planet's deteriorating environment, fear for health care and income and individual rights. This fear is real, and I feel it too. I too have lived through difficult political times before, times when my rights and my personhood have been under attack. And while the fear is real, we cannot stay in it. The world badly needs our courage. After she had cried for a bit, Pandora heard a faint rustling in the bottom of the ornate chest. There was still something in there. As much as she knew that she should not let any more evil out into the world, her courage quieted her fears. Death had already escaped from the box, she thought. Nothing worse could still remain to be released. Trembling, Pandora opened the chest's heavy lid again and looked inside. There, on the dark bottom of the box, lay a small, radiant creature, fragile, but very much alive. With no more effort than a butterfly floating on the wind, this small, beautiful thing lifted itself and rose eye to eye with Pandora. On sure wings, it carried itself out of the box, around the room, and through the open window. As she saw it go, Pandora realized that the last thing left in the box was something that could counter all of the evil that she had released. She realized that she had also released hope. It would be hope 
that would allow humankind to go on. Be not afraid, for hope too lives in a troubled land. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. In the years to come, we will, have, we will face all matter of divisions. Leopards do not change their spots. The president-elect will likely surround himself with other old, rich, white men. The system cannot change from the top down. The system will change when you and I move beyond our fears and embrace hope. The system will change when we oppose the deportation of Mexican workers. The system will change when we welcome Syrian refugees. The system will change when we protect transgendered people. The system will change when we continue to declare that black lives matter. The system will change when we continue to stand up for a woman's right to choose. When we work for equal pay for women, the system will change when we stand up for children's education, the system will change. When we work for health insurance for all, the system will change. When we insist that climate change is real and that we must stop damaging our earth, the system will change. But today is not a day for action. Not yet. Today is a day for soul-searching. Because if we continue to work and organize and act as if Election Day 2016 never happened, this extraordinary moment in U.S. history will be lost on us. Pandora slammed the box lid shut, wishing she could take back her actions, wishing that all the bad that had been revealed might never have come to light. It was only in her sorrow that she stayed quiet enough to hear the presence of hope still in the chest. Our remaining quiet for a few days or a few weeks is the only way for us to hear each other's pain, the pain of those who voted Democrat and the pain of those who voted Republican. There will be much work to do. We must be willing to work with those who see the world differently than we do. To my great relief, my brother has not gloated about the election on Facebook. I respect him for remaining quiet, and I've tried to do likewise. I love him, and I love his family, and they love me. We are brothers for life, after all. Now ours is a fine old faith that believes people can help each other, and I believe this too. We cannot let fear and suspicion divide our nation. Be not afraid of your neighbors. Be not afraid of your co-workers. Be not afraid of your family. Be not afraid of the strangers that you meet in the street. Offer kindness and shelter. Control your own temper. Assume good intentions and love one another. So be it.
Amen.